Well, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> uh, hallelujah. <laughs> now, I could interpret that several ways. <laughs> well, first of all, just let me say a great big thank you for thinking about us in this way and remembering us in this way. It's just been a joy <coughs> to <coughs> have been here with you again. Third time around, I told you though along the way, now three strikes and you're out. So this is, <laughs> this is going to have to do it. I believe you're going to be in good hands for the next 20 years. And by the time I get there, I won't be able to preach. So go ahead and give him that. But it has been a joy to be with you. I just appreciate the fact that the Lord had us in a place that we could step in when you needed us. And I just trust that we have been able to be a blessing to you. That's the thing that we've wanted. You know how we feel about you. You know that you're just part of the family and we're part of the family and always will be. And it's just been a joy to have the opportunity to minister to you and minister with you. I want to thank all of you, the many of you that, that make up the staff. And I was telling somebody just the other day, they were asking me about the church and uh, asking me about some things. And, and they mentioned uh, uh, Brother Brett and uh, trusted things went well. I said, well, it will. I said, he's got a good group of people. I said, he's got a wonderful council to work with. And I just appreciate so much the leadership here and the way all of you have pitched in and worked. Go ahead, you ought to give them a hand. You have a wonderful team of leaders in place, and they've helped to make it so much easier. And I just want to thank them and thank you for working with us. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to do that, to come back for a third time. Uh, thank you so much for allowing us to do that and to be a part of what's going on here at Stoneville. Let me just uh, say one thing to you because I don't want you to misunderstand. Now, if I suddenly kind of disappear, I'm not mad at you, okay? Uh, you know I intend to keep preaching whenever I have that opportunity. Uh, and in fact, I was telling somebody this morning, except for next Sunday, uh, not counting next Sunday, but after that, I'm already booked every Sunday in September for somewhere. So if I just kind of disappear for September, don't, don't think I'm mad at you, upset at you. I'm going to take those opportunities to go fill in wherever I can and when I can, just going for one Sunday, not, not doing what I've done here. Not an interim thing, but just going to fill in. We have a lot of pulpits that need filling occasionally. We have a lot of guys that are retiring and churches are without pastors and Bishop Mike needs somebody to go fill in. And then, of course, there's always homecoming, special services, all kinds of things that I get invited to do. And you know my love is preaching. Uh, so I'm going to keep preaching as long as the Lord lets me do it. So if I'm not here with you, uh, Cheryl probably will be back there in her corner. I don't know how much she's going. She won't let me drag her all over this conference uh, like I do sometimes. Uh, she may be gone with me some. But if that happens, please don't misunderstand it. Don't misread it. Uh, we'll show back up again. We're just like bad money. We just keep we'll, we'll, we'll keep showing up. You're in good hands. I don't have to worry about it. I've decided you're in good hands. And, and uh, we're just going to believe the Lord to keep pouring His blessings out upon this place and doing great and wonderful things here 
at the Stoneville Church. So thank you so much for all you've done and what you mean to us. And thank you for thinking about us and honoring us in this way. I'm going to let you stay seated tonight because I am going to read uh, several verses, not that many, but I'll just let you stay seated. So open your Bibles this evening if you have them to Revelation chapter 21. This is the last of the messages that we're going to be preaching on the end time series that we were in when uh, Pastor Brett agreed to come. We had already started the series actually several weeks before that. We've been in this thing, what, maybe three months now, close to it. Um, and I appreciate Pastor Brett asking us to take some Sunday nights to kind of wrap it up. Uh, you, many of you wanted that, and uh, he realized that, and, and he, uh, he wanted me to take time to finish it if we could. So we saw this opportunity to maybe give him a little break right up front on Sunday nights. And of course, because of the time frames involved, we've had to skip a couple things in it, that a couple in the series that we're not going to be able to do. But we're going to kind of jump right over to the end tonight and, and preach this last message. Uh, and I just appreciate again the opportunity to do that and trust that it has been a blessing to you. I, I believe it with all of my heart. And if you don't believe I believe it by now, then I failed. But we are living in the last days. We are living in the end of time. If you don't believe that, get this Bible in one hand, turn your TV on with the other hand. I started to say pick up your newspaper, but we don't do newspapers anymore. Uh, but turn your news on, turn the news on. Please stay away from CNN. Fox can give it to you a little better. But, uh, but, but, but open your Bible, open your Bible, turn on the news. And if you don't believe we're living in the last days, you just don't get it. Okay? Uh, every day, every day, the things I've been preaching to you on these Sunday nights for the last two or three months, every day, this book is being fulfilled literally before our eyes. Every day, every day, it is being fulfilled in some, we are rushing toward the end of time. And if I've done nothing else through this series but convince you of that, then I have been successful in what I have been trying to do. Let's look at Revelation 21. We're going to begin with verse 8. Revelation 21, beginning with verse 8. Mickey, I know you want me to scroll them. I can scroll them. All right, let's begin. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell among them. You ought to underline those words right there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch on it in a few minutes, but what a statement. Do you understand one of these days God's going to dwell among us? You've never seen God. I've never seen God. We've been told we can't see Him and live right now. But one of these days, He's going to walk among us. One of these days, He's going to live among us. Can, can you imagine a day? <laughs> 
Can you imagine a day? Boy, I better watch it. I'll camp out and preach the whole night right there. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, listen to this, and he shall be my son. And by the way, ladies and daughter, you'll be his sons and his daughters. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars and all such shall have their part in the lake of fire that burneth with brimstone which is the second death. And I want to talk to you out of these verses tonight on the subject, eternity, straight ahead. Eternity, straight ahead. As we come to this point in the events that are sweeping us toward the end of time, we have looked at so many different things. And as I said, we're going to have to skip over a couple of them. But we've looked at so many different things. Let's just recap a little bit of it to bring you right to the point of chapter 21 here. The dust and the battle of the battles have settled. Armageddon is done. Gog and Magog are but memories of the ancient past. The beast, the antichrist, the false prophet, and the devil himself have been cast into the bottomless pit into the lake of fire. That's something shout over right there. <laughs> Do you understand that's coming a day when the devil's going to get locked up in the lake of fire and he ain't coming out again. He won't bother us anymore. He'll never trouble this world again. At the point of my message tonight, that's already been done. The lost. And those who rejected the Savior and His marvelous grace, they've all stood before the great white throne judgment. The books have been opened. They've been judged and found guilty. Then their names were not written in the Lamb's book of life. They've been banished to that awful place called hell to suffer through the ceaseless ages of eternity. John the Revelator has seen all of this and all of the things that went with it that we've been preaching about now for two or three months. All of this John has seen and recorded in the first 20 chapters here of the book of Revelation. But now John sees something else. 
He sees something that's going to help to offset the darkness and the horror and the gloom that we've been looking at over the last few weeks in the dark days of tribulation and in the dark days of judgment. I don't know about you, but I told several people the last, what, three, four Sunday nights, I guess we've been in that part of it. I said, you know, on the one hand, it's exciting to see God bringing judgment to evil. And yet at the same time, it's almost depressing. As we talked about the judgments and literally last Sunday night saw what, that we reached a point where the, the earth almost lays or lies in annihilation. How the judgments of God have decimated the human race and decimated the planet. It's been a, a time these last few messages of sorrow and darkness and gloom. But all of a sudden, <laughs> John catches the glimpse of a bright new world. <laughs> all of a sudden, he catches the glimpse of a bright new world that's going to belong to the children of God through the ceaseless ages of eternity. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. All of a sudden, tonight. No more gloom and doom and misery. <laughs> no, no more of that. It's already done. It's taken care of. It's in the past. When we get to this chapter, it's all taken care of. And we're going to look now at this bright new world that we're going to inherit. What is that world going to be like? What is the world that we're about to inherit when the judgments are done and, 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 and all of that is taken care of and God has judged this world and locked Satan up in hell where he belongs. What is this world? What's the new world? What is it going to be like where we're headed? What's it going to be like where we're going if we're ready and we know him and when that trumpet sounds we go with him? What is our world going to be like? Well, let's take a look at it for just a few minutes tonight. First of all, it is planned as a new creation. This world that we're going to inherit is planned as a new creation. Look in verse 1. John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Now, look at this. We're not just going to inherit just, just, just this old planet. I think this planet will be involved. But, but we, we got something a lot better than that coming our way. We're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. Listen to the way Peter describes it in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says the heavens and the earth which are now are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. He says, but the day of the Lord will come in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat and the earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. These verses, if you put all of them together, what John's saying, if you put together uh, what Peter is saying here, if you put all of it together, the message is very clear. At the eternal, at the beginning of the eternal ages, where eternity begins, 
God is going to create for us a new heaven and a new world. <laughs> when he gets ready for the eternal ages to start, when we get ready to move into eternity, the first thing God's going to do is give us a new heaven and give us a new earth. We don't know just how he's going to do that. All of those details are not given in the pages of the Bible. But somehow we have the indication that it's going to be a new kind of heaven and a new kind of earth. It seems like this present heaven and earth will not be annihilated. They're just going to be purged by fire and totally regenerated. They're going to be made into something brand new. You know, one of these days we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. How many of you know that this earth as it is now, that this earth is cursed just like the human race is? You remember what happened back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve failed and man lost his estate with God and man became a fallen creature? And every man and woman since Adam and Eve were born into this world with the sin nature and a fallen nature. Do you not remember though that not only did that happen to us, but do you remember the Bible says that the earth itself was cursed. God said to Adam and Eve, cursed be the ground for thy sake. We're living on a cursed planet tonight. We're living on a cursed planet. I get so tickled listening to these nuts that's never read their Bible talking about global warming. Everything is just because it's global warming. No, it's because we're living on a cursed earth. This earth is cursed. That's why every now and then you have earthquakes and you have the devastation we have from Mother Nature. And the earth itself sometimes almost feels like it's in convulsions. We're living on a cursed earth. But when eternity gets ready to start, God's going to give us a brand new planet. <laughs> He's going to give us a brand new earth. He's going to give us a brand new world. You know what that tells me? When I start thinking about a new heaven and a new earth, he's going to take this, he's going to pray. I don't, the Bible, again, doesn't explain everything he's going to do. But we're going to live on a brand new planet. I believe it'll be this one totally remade with the curse lifted and all dressed up a lot nicer than it is now. We'll have a new heaven. But, but, but do you understand that this is telling us something about our eternal state? You know what it tells me about our eternal state? It tells me that our eternal state is not going to be just some spiritual condition. You know, some people want to spiritualize eternity. Well, we're just going to be spirits up there floating around. No, you ain't. No, you're not. You ever seen those pictures of some dude sitting on a white cloud with a little harp? I don't know how to play a harp. Don't hand me no harp. <laughs> I'm too big to sit on a cloud. Don't you say amen. Some of you are too. <laughs> Just forget this idea that eternity and heaven's going to be us sitting around on a cloud playing a harp somewhere. No, 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 no. This tells me that the heavens and earth are going to be a fixed location. They're going to be fixed places and we're going to inherit. He's going to prepare for us a place. 
You know what Jesus said? I'm going to prepare a place for you. We're going to have a real home, a real place, a new earth, a new heavens. When I say heavens, I'm not just talking about the sky you see above. How do you know the sky you see above your head ain't a drop in the bucket? Do you not understand there are galaxies on galaxies on galaxies on galaxies, trillions and trillions of stars and galaxies we can't even see. And we're going to inherit it all. He's going to make it all brand new. (laughs) He's going to dress it up for us. (laughs) And he's going to give it to us as our dwelling place, as our home. And we're going to feel just as much at home in all of that as we do now in our present homes and in our present location. In fact, I believe we'll feel more at home over there. Didn't we used to sing a song right into this, right this world's not my home, I'm just a passing through. Sometimes I don't really feel like I'm at home in this world. But one of these days we're going to be. One of these days we're going to be. He has planned for us a new creation. But not only has he planned a new creation, I want you to notice he's also providing us with a new capital. Washington's got so rotten, he's going to tear that place down. I know, I better quit that stuff. I don't want to get political here. But one of these days, he's going to give us a new capital. Look in verse 2. John said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Now, a lot of people want to make this symbolic. A lot of people I've heard, they, they, they want to make the, the new Jerusalem. They, they say it's symbolic. No, it's not. According to the scriptures, it's a real place. The heavens are literal. The earth is literal. And so is this city. We're going to have a new heaven. We're going to have a new earth. And we're going to have a new capital. From which the Lord himself shall reign. (laughs) He'll reign forever and forever and forever and forever. This heavenly capital will be the capital for the renewed earth. It'll be the capital of the whole world. And it will be the enduring home of the saints for eternity. John tries to give us a description of this city in verses 10 through 27 of this chapter. Wish I had about an hour to preach on it, but I can't. He gives us a description of this city. He talks about this wonderful, magnificent place. It's the most magnificent city that, has, that man has ever seen. Why, just the dimensions of the city. It's almost 1,400 miles high, 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long. Just one city. Can you imagine that that city coming down out of heaven, 1,400, I just can't even imagine it. 1,400 miles high, 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long. And not only that, but boy, I wish I could get into it. John just, he, he describes some of that city. He describes the foundations with the precious stones. He says there's 12 gates to it and every gate is a single pearl. Can you imagine a pearl so big you can make a gate out of it? <laughs> can you imagine a pearl so great you can make a gate out of it? Why, well, he says the streets are going to be paved with gold. 
the streets are going to be paved with pure gold. Can you imagine living in a city like that? Can you imagine having a city like that? He's going to provide a new capital for us. And I promise you, there'll never be any corruption. There'll never be any corruption. And he won't need a Congress to help him. All he'll need is himself, for he will rule and reign forever and forever. And he is the righteous and the holy God. And he'll rule and reign this world in justice and in righteousness. And what a time we're going to have. Somebody praise him for that tonight. <laughs> well, glory to God. So we're going to have a new creation. He's planning a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth. Planning a brand new capital for us. Then I want you to notice he's prepared. Uh, it's not clicking for me again. See if you can hit it again up there. He has prepared a new community. He has prepared a new community. There's a special group of people that's one day going to live in all of this. You know who it is? It's the redeemed of all the ages. Do you know who's going to live in all of this and inherit all of this? It's the redeemed of all the ages. There are two things that John tells us about this company. That, that, that this blessed company that's going to live there. John tells us that first of all that they're blessed by the presence of God. Look in verse 3 we read it. He shall dwell with them and they shall be his people and God shall be with them and be their God. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden again for a minute. You remember in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve failed? You remember the relationship man had with God? The Bible says every evening God come down the garden and just walk around man. I've tried my best sometimes to imagine, Pastor Brad, what that must have been like. For God to come down, walk through the garden with man. God. The one that right now, the Bible says you can't see and not die in your human flesh. You can't see him and die right now. Or you die right now. God is that awesome. He, he is that, whatever he is, I don't know how to fully explain God. But God himself is going to be with us. God himself is going to live in the community with us. He's going to dwell with us. His presence will surround us. We'll be able to enjoy the company of God. I got to think about that this week and I thought, Lord, how, how, how's that going to be? You're a spirit. Are you going to take some kind of form? Or will we somehow be able to see the Spirit? I, the, the Bible doesn't tell us how that's going to happen. The Bible just says, we're going, we're, He's just going to be among us. We're going to walk with Him. We're going to, he, he's going to be our neighbor. He's going to be the friend down the street. He's going to be the king on the throne. <laughs> I just can't take all this in. I don't know how to explain it all. But we're going to actually enjoy the company of God. And not only will we be blessed by His presence, but we're going to be blessed by the absence of grief. Look in verse 4. Not only are we going to enjoy God's presence on a daily walk with Him, talk with Him, see Him coming down the street. And just, and, and just be in God's presence, bathed in His presence. 
But the Bible says that there'll be an absence of grief. Look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There'll be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. Make that list just as long as you want to. Think of anything bad that's ever happened to you. Think of anything ugly you know. I can tell you there won't be a smidgen of it over there when we get over there. There won't be a bit of it over there. Not one bit of it will there be over there. In that eternal state, death will be a thing of the past. I was talking to Pastor Brett the other day. Pauline's funeral, I said, man, what, a, what an introduction you've had. Been here about, what, four or five weeks? already had three funerals. Let me tell you, that's coming a day. That's coming a day. There won't be any more funerals. There won't be any more death. There won't be any more. You ought to give him a praise for that. There'll be no funerals. There'll be no graves. There'll be no hospitals. There'll be no broken homes. There'll be no broken hearts. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. <laughs> oh, I can just go on and on. But none of it's going to be there. It's going to be a perfect world in a perfect place with a perfect God and a perfect people. And through the ceaseless ages of eternity, we're going to live like that. And the best part of it is it'll never change. Because the one that changed it in the first place, you know why I told you he was a while ago? He's in hell locked up and they done throw the key away. He ain't getting out. He'll never get out again. He'll never bother us again. <laughs> You're going to have all of this? He's prepared for us a new community. And then, there she's coming. Then he's also... It's also going to be protected by new constitution. This, this place he's preparing, this world he's preparing, this, this place we're going to inherit. Look at all those things. He, it's protected by new constitution. Look in verses 5 through 8. When the founding fathers of this world came to this world, they drew up a mighty compact. It was a noble experience, an experiment, meant to create a mighty nation. They drew up a remarkable constitution for, this, for these United States. One of the most impressive and enlightened documents that's ever been penned. But how many of you know across the years that constitution has eroded? How many of you know across the years that constitution has been eaten on? How many of you know that constitution across the years, that constitution has literally been destroyed piece by piece. And today it is under attack as never before. Today our constitution is under attack as never before. But in this country, in this place, we're going to have a constitution that is flawless, and not only is the Constitution flawless, the people are going to be flawless. <laughs> can, can you imagine living in a world of people that are flawless? That, that, I, I just, 
the, the more I've worked on this message this week and thought about some of this, it just blows my mind. I thought, Lord, how am I ever going to describe it to them? We're going to live in a world that's flawless. The government will be flawless. The, the, the king will be flawless. The, the, the Lord, the king of kings and Lord of lords. We're going to live in a new world and a new community. We'll be around people that are flawless. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be flawless one day. Now look back at him and say, you ain't now. <laughs> I just had to stir something up, didn't I? <laughs> I noticed Annie enjoyed telling her daddy that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but one of these days, we're going to live in a world that, that everything is going to be everything we've ever dreamed of. It's going to be everything we could have ever imagined. And there'll never be anything to destroy it. There'll never be anything to interrupt it. There'll never be anything at all that'll do something like that. We're going to have a new creation, a new capital, a new community, a new constitution. That constitution is going to have three guarantees to it. Let me give you those and I'll be finished. There are three guarantees to that new constitution. First of all, it's going to guarantee us a splendid place in which to live. I've already described a little bit of it. It's going to guarantee to us a splendid place. In verse 5, he said, Behold, I make all things new. It, how many of you have ever had the privilege of walking into a brand new home, a brand new house? Didn't that do something to you? Well, can you imagine walking into a brand new world? A brand new universe where everything is perfect, nothing is flawed, nothing ever will be flawed, nothing will never get old, will ever get old, nothing will ever wear out, nothing will ever. You won't need an air conditioning unit. You won't need a heat pump. Because the temperature is going to be perfect. I mean, you, you just start putting all this stuff together. It just, it, it'll, it'll just blow your mind. We're going to live in a world. It's going to be a splendid place in which to live. It's going to be a splendid place. God is going to lavish his genius of creative powers and imagination on this world. Can you imagine what, what he's going to create when he just unleashes his, his imagination on the new heavens and new earth he wants for us? Can you even... No, you can't. And I, can't I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. I, I was thinking about it. As cursed as our world is today, marred and spoiled by sin, we still have places of beauty that take our breath away. You ever been to some of the places and just first time I ever stood at the Grand Canyon, it just, just almost took my breath away. I, I can go up here to the Blue Ridge Mountain. I don't know why in the world anybody wants to go to Myrtle Beach when you got the Blue Ridge Mountain. You got to be half out of your mind to go to Myrtle Beach when you got the mountain. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to leave Myrtle Beach alone. I, I've picked on some of y'all enough. But, 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 but it's, 
as wicked and vile and as cursed as this world is, just think about some of the places that maybe you've been that just literally almost took your breath away. Well, can you imagine what you're going to see when he gets done? Making it all brand new, creating, just turning his creative genius loose on the heavens and the earth. Can you imagine what we're going to see? I just can't, I just can't, I just can't get a hold of it. Can you imagine? It's going to be a satisfying place to live. It's going to be a satisfying place to live. Not only that, it's also going to be a place of satisfying resources. It's going to be a satisfying place to live. And it's going to be a satisfying place of resources. Bible says, I'll give him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. I'll give him the water of life freely. That's, you know what I think that speaks? I don't think he's just talking about water there. I think he's saying there that everything we need, he's going to provide for us. It's going to be a satisfying place to live in which we're going to have everything we need. We're going to have all the resources we need. And then I think secondly, we're also going to have satisfying responsibilities. The, 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 the writer said, John said, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. Look at verse 7, all things. We're going to inherit all things. Do you remember back in the Garden of Eden before the fall? Do you understand? God gave, by the way, I don't have time to get into it, but do you understand God really gave the planet to Adam and Eve? He gave them the whole Garden of Eden and from all indication, the rest of the planet, if they needed it. He said, take it, tend it, look after it, take care of it. Just don't touch one tree. Everything else is yours. Everything else is yours. Can you imagine what it's going to be like one of these days when we're going to inherit all things? And not only are we going to inherit all things, not only are we going to have the resources, but we're going to have satisfying responsibilities. When he gave Adam all that, he said, you tend the garden. But you know what I think we overlook? We think, well, Lord, he gave him something. He gave him work to do, yeah, but I don't believe he ever broke a sweat. I don't believe it was ever a problem. I don't believe he ever looked over to Eve and said, if I got to get up early in the morning again. I don't believe that. I believe it was something, I believe everything he did in dressing the garden, whatever that meant, I believe it was a sheer joy. I believe the responsibilities was just enough to keep him out of trouble and just enough to satisfy him and just enough to make life complete. How many of you know you'd get bored you didn't have anything to do at a while? You'd get bored. I know some of you find it hard to believe, but you would. I believe when the Bible says that we will inherit all things, I believe it's going to be a place of satisfying responsibilities. I believe, I believe he's going to have us administer the inheritance that he's going to give us. You know what that means? He's going to let us administer the cities, the planets, the galaxies. He talks about the 12 apostles sitting on 12 thrones ruling. He's going to have something for the rest of us. He'll have something for you to do. 
He may send you up to a different galaxy. One of those brand new galaxies he's made and give you and, and, and just let you romp, romp and roam and just just the responsibilities we'll have. Here's why we'll have they will be so satisfying. They will be they will just complete us. Won't it be wonderful to live forever and forever like that? I don't believe we'll ever have to break a sweat. I don't believe we'll ever have to get sick. I don't believe we'll ever have to. I, I just, it, it's just going to be perfect. It's going, to, one of these days, it's going to be perfect. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We're going to rule over cities and planets and galaxies. And then it's going to be a place of satisfying relationships. It's going to be a place of satisfying relationships. Verse 7 says, I'll be his God. And he shall be my son. Now watch this one. I'll be his God. And he'll be my son. And I said, and daughters. I want you to think about this for a minute. The first thing God gave us 2,000 years ago was his son. Then on the day of Pentecost, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And now you know what he's going to do here? He's going to give us himself. He's going to give us himself. And he is going to be with his children. You hear what he said? You'll be my sons. You'll be my... We're going to be his... In other words, we're going to be one big happy family with God. (laughs) Go ahead. You ought to praise it. We're going to be one big happy family. And we'll be so perfect there won't be no fighting. Won't be no getting mad at each other. Won't be none of that. Now, I know that may disappoint some of you as much as you seem to enjoy it, but <laughs> what makes me throw stuff like that in? I don't know what makes me do that. I... But 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 one of these days, we're gonna be just one big happy family. And we're gonna be satisfied. To live there. And then last, and I'm done, it's also going to be a safe place to live. We've already put it up there. It's going to be a safe place to live. This, this, this new constitution is going to guarantee us a splendid place to live, a satisfying place to live, and a safe place to live. We're going to be safe. Come on, Rhonda. We're going to be safe. Look in verse 8. Listen to this, verse 8. Bible says, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars. And you could go on and finish filling that list out with that. This isn't exhaustive. We know all the evil and evil people and evil things in this world. The Bible says... That all of these things and all of these kind of people will be cast into the lake of fire. You know why the world's going to be safe? It's going to be a safe place? Because none of the people that make it unsafe is going to be here. There won't be a rapist to be found anywhere on the planet to bother one of your children. There won't be a sex trafficker anywhere in the universes to grab your children off the streets. 
There won't be a thief. There won't be a murderer. There won't be a mass shooter to be found anywhere in the universes. Because all these people are going to be cast into hell. And they're going to lock it up forever. It's going to be a safe place to live. You won't have to lock your doors. I don't believe there'll be a lock on any mansion in heaven. <laughs> what you going to need one for? Ain't no thieves there. No thieves there. All of those kind of people. Read that verse. And, and no, it's not complete. But all such like. Gone. In hell. Locked up. Forever and forever and forever and forever. While we live in our splendid place, fully satisfied and perfectly safe. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just can't take it in. Let me close with a couple statements. Sin has wrecked and ruined this world. Our world tonight is wrecked and ruined and getting worse every day. But one day, God has determined it will not ruin this world anymore. When He makes the new heavens and the new earth and gives it all to us and we become one big happy family, None of those things will ever bother us again. We're going to have what sometimes we dream of. We're going to have sometimes what we dream of. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Would you stand with me please? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul puts it this way. He says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man what I'm fixing and I'm preparing for you. No wonder I can't describe, no wonder I felt so inadequate all week thinking, Lord, how do I tell them? How do I tell them? It's no wonder. Paul told me, eyes never seen, ears never heard. No, your mind's too little to even get a hold. <laughs> it's never even entered into the mind of man. What I'm preparing and what I'm getting ready to do. I want to ask you, and we're closing this series. I want to ask you the all-important question that I've asked several times along the way. Are you ready? You see, heaven is a prepared place for what? Prepared people. You've got to prepare now to go to that. You've got to buy your ticket now. You got to get your ticket punched now. So I close 
tonight and with this series. I close again with that question. Are you ready? What if, and it could, that trumpet were to sound tonight? Or what if, in the morning, they found you like they found my dear brother, minister, friend, Brother Jim Forehands preached here for us. Got up like usual Monday morning. Helen said he usually got up a little bit ahead of her and would go in the kitchen and put the coffee on. He got up Monday morning. A few minutes later, she got up, went to the kitchen and noticed the coffee wasn't made peeped around into the den and he was sitting in there in a chair she thought that bird's gone back in there and gone to sleep well he had he'd gone to sleep in the arms of Jesus what if in the morning somebody got up to get you you were like that Oh, what if the trumpet sounds tonight? Are you ready? That's the question. Are you ready? If not, this altar's open. Let me just put it this way, because I know sometimes folks are a little hesitant to come on their own. But So let's just make it general. We, we need to close with a good prayer. Anyway, how many of you want to be ready? Intend to be ready? Come on, let's just stand right here and have a good prayer. Come on, come on. And if you're not ready, why don't you come on down here and get ready? <laughs> if you're not ready, why don't you come on down here and get ready? Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. That's
time Oh, it seems like lately Give God praise for this wonderful word from God. We ought to be ready. Amen. If you've heard all that and you haven't made a decision, I'm just going to say I believe everybody in here has done made your decision. I'm just going to believe that. Tonight, stand with me if you will. Look around at somebody and say, I'm glad you're going to be there. Amen. So much to look forward to. And again, we want to thank each and every one of you for keeping this surprise, I hope y'all didn't know nothing about this tonight. We were trying our best to keep it a surprise. Thank you for all you, that you've done and all those that have given and, and going to be giving and the food and the preparation. Amen. For this precious man of God and his wife. Amen. We just bless them in the name of the Lord. We're looking forward to them coming back. Don't be gone too long. Well, you know, we like to see you every now and then. And, I want to hear from you every now and then. Amen. As long as the Lord's using you, because I know you ain't going to stop. And uh, I wouldn't stop either. If God gave me the strength, I'd keep on pressing on. And I sure would. I want to let them go first. And I uh, and, uh, want to ask God to bless his food tonight. And to bless them again in the name of the Lord. Will you pray? Father, we love you. God, we're so grateful for the promises of your word, Lord. For the... For the future of our lives that has been laid out for us here tonight, God, what we have to look forward to is so much better than what we have experienced in our past and what we're going through now. Father, our future is bright and our minds and our hearts can't comprehend. But Lord, we just want to be ready. Help us day by day to be ready. Father, we ask you to bless the bishop and the first lady, God, that you would touch them in a special way. As they leave this place, Father, tonight, God, and we go back to, to fellowship with the food. And, and then, God, the days and the weeks ahead, Father, that you'll guide their steps, that you'll answer their prayers. That the efforts, God, and the work that they do for the kingdom, Lord, will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Bring them back safely, Lord, because they're part of us and we love them dearly. And Lord, let them go in that love. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Bless the food again to the strength and nourishment of our bodies. And you be glorified in this fellowship tonight, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands. And-